the moment, the expression of this disease has been that of a middle to upper class type of disease in terms of setting where it yeah. finds itself. Yeah. People who have traveled, who have been in contact with people who have traveled. So while while it still has that character, I would encourage Christians who find themselves in those situations to protect people that are around them mm. because they have the means. Um, I think this is a time where we need to see our health, our personal health, as or measure it as the health of the collective, sure. not necessarily individually. So if me and the people around me and the community that I can reach are all healthy, that means I'm healthy, yeah, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. not just personally. Welcome back to the Gospel Coalition Africa podcast, uh, Black Newborn. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm the regular host here, um, and we have a special guest who's doing the right things. <laughs> Try to hide that. It didn't, didn't quite work. Yeah, it happened to Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Uh. So he, he had an interview and he was about to cough. He stopped himself. Midway. Oh, he, he held it. Just like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I man, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, lovely to have you with us. Um, and we are talking about coronavirus, COVID 19. Um, and we have invited Dr. Kaliso to help us think through it. Um, it has obviously landed in Africa. As you're watching this, you should know. Um, and particularly in South Africa, um, yeah, we've had a number of cases and they just tend to be increasing by the day. Um, yeah, so we just want to think through um, this whole situation. How should we be responding to it as people? Um, how should we be responding to it as Christians? Um, and I think lastly, just as yeah, people who live in Africa, uh, with the kind of diseases we have, kind of viruses we have, um, what does this mean for, for all of us? Bro, thank you so much for joining us. Can't handshake you, can't fist bump you. I'm going to try so hard not to touch my face throughout <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, welcome back. Thank you. Again. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, thank you for, for always wanting to have us in your home. Mm. Yeah, bro. Um, so for those who don't know you, man, uh, who are you? Having obviously watched previous podcasts, what do you do? Um, yeah, and how do you know Jesus? Quick, <laughs> quick fast for us. Yeah, could be a long story. I'll try to summarize <laughs> it. So my name is Kuliso, surname Ramashia. I'm Venda, as you can see by the threads that I'm wearing. Hallelujah. Can't speak it though, but I'm getting there. <laughs> um, I'm married to Bethany. Um, we've been married for about three years now. I am a doctor by profession. I may not look it, but I am. Uh, I've just finished my community service. Um, and I'm in a stage where I'm trying to find what I'd like to do with my life long term. Yeah. Um, one of my passions is this, talking about medicine, particularly for the, I'd call it the average South African. Yeah, so yeah. yeah feel really privileged you have here. a channel bro. i do what i do it called? it's called hashtag knifed nice. so i've got this dream about being a surgeon in my other life um <laughs> yeah. so the idea behind the channel is to chop up medicine into bite-sized chunks Dope. for the average south african yeah. so check it out on youtube please yeah check it out knifed um and, and quick story about how you know jesus bro mm. so i always grew up always i grew up in a christian family but I think as what happens with a lot of young guys, I went to varsity. I went far. I went really far. I was in exile, <laughs> man. Um, I'm from Johannesburg originally, but yeah. I studied in Cape Town. And I think when I was there for the first couple of years, I kind of drifted away yeah, from yeah. the faith. The world was very enticing. Hey. Um, and I think because I always knew I had a safe cushion at home, mm. there was no draw towards actively seeking out sure. Jesus. Um, but he sought me out. Um, in my fourth year, a lot happened. Um, 
incidentally that's when Bethany and I started dating yeah, yeah. praise God for her <laughs> um, and yeah I think that's when I kind of started taking my faith seriously and here I am still bro here I am. Yeah. thanks man thank you uh, praise the Lord for that um, and here you are God has cured you from one disease uh, <laughs> and now you have to help other pe- people yeah. deal with their disease yeah. um, so God cured you from sin but we know that um there's other diseases that affect us, mm. uh, threaten our lives, particularly the coronavirus. Mm. Um, so for somebody who's watching this, which I don't think somebody who's watching this might not know about coronavirus. Mm. You're watching this because you probably heard something about it. You know something about it. Uh, but just from a medical perspective, because mm. uh, obviously there's a lot of noise that's happening on social media. Mm. Yeah. Chop it up for us. Give us those. What did you say? <laughs> Chopping up uh, medicine into bite-sized into chunks. Into bite-sizes, yeah. Can, can, can you help us with corona? What is mm. corona, bro? So there's, there's a lot to take in. Um, so I'll have to split it. I'll, I'll talk about the biology, yeah. what is coronavirus as a virus. Um, then I'll talk about what we call virology. So how do we as a society engage with this particular virus yeah. and how it's affected us? Um, I'll talk about a few things we've seen in the past. And then just some ways that we can deal with it practically as, sure. the, av- as the everyday South African. Yeah. So in terms of the virus, coronavirus, it's actually a family or a group of viruses mm-hmm. um, that have popped up at various times in history. So, you know, in families, you know, you may have your unit family and then somewhere down the line, some cousin pops up and he's like, hey, <laughs> I'm I one of you guys. you guys won the lottery. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's exactly what COVID-19 has done. Yeah. So if you remember back to 2003, that's when the first coronavirus actually popped up. That was SARS. Yeah. The big yeah. SARS outbreak. Yeah. yeah. That's like the ancestor coronavirus. And with time in history, many have appeared. But the, the specifics about the virus is that two things. One. It's a respiratory virus, okay. so it affects anywhere in the respiratory tract. That's the nose all the way to the lungs. Mm. The second thing is that in most people, it doesn't actually cause significant disease. Mm-hmm. So coronaviruses have been popping up in history since '03, just causing the common cold, actually. Wow. Um, but this particular one, this rogue one, yeah. um, is a little bit more violent than, sure. than the other family members, and hence the type of disease that it's caused globally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's, the, that's the, the nature of the virus. For, For interest's sure. sake... Um, corona means crown, I'm sure you know, in Latin. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you look at the virus under a microscope, that's where it gets a name. Fun fact. Yeah. Do yeah, with yeah, it what sure. you will. Um, in, terms of <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how we engage with it as, as a society, the numbers are dynamic because we're discovering new cases every day. Yeah, yeah. But as far as I have seen, and this is probably about two days old, these facts, yeah. there are four clusters of people that engage with the virus that will display... Um, what we call a clinical picture. Okay. So group number one will be completely asymptomatic. They may engage with the virus. Maybe someone sneezes in the atmosphere, um, but nothing will happen to them. They won't test positive. They'll have no symptoms. They'll have no serious disease. Sheesh. Unfortunately, though, we don't know what percentage of the population this constitutes, uh-huh. but we know that this group exists. Sure. There's a second group. This group will engage with the virus, so someone sneezes on them, and they'll test positive for the virus. So the virus mm-hmm. will breach their system, be in their respiratory tract, but they'll have no symptoms and they'll have no disease. That's 80% of people that engage the sure. virus. That's quite a big number. Yeah. So how would they know that they have the virus? So the only way is if, let's say, I was in an area that's at the moment endemic for the virus, ah, Italy, okay, cool. China, or I just have a big suspicion and I'm like, let me just go to a practitioner and test. Ah, I see. Okay. And I just happen to test positive. Yeah, yeah. That's that cohort of the population. Okay. 
Group number three represents 15%. That's people who engage the virus and will test positive. They will have symptoms. So the things you've heard about, a fever, and what we refer to as upper respiratory type um, symptoms, yeah, yeah. things like a cough, sore throat, etc. Okay. But that's where it's going to end. They'll test positive and simply have symptoms. And the, the virus will what we call self-resolve. Okay. That's, that's, quite, that's a feature of most viruses in the world. You get them after a week or so, they find their way out your system, like a ah, cold. I see. Yeah, so, so that's your 50. body fights it or it Your body fights it um, by itself. Um, and that represents 15% yeah, of the yeah. population. Then the final 4 to 5% is a percentage that I think has caused a lot of the attention around the virus. Yeah, yeah. That's people who will engage the virus, test positive, may or may not have symptoms, but they will develop serious disease and Sheesh. may possibly need um, hospital admission, including ICU. So these are people, as far as the science have seen, I can categorize them into three groups. Mm -hmm. The one is the elderly, people above 60. Yeah. I don't think 60 is old, by the way, but yeah, yeah. let's just say. <laughs> that's, that's within the five, five, That's within percent. that five, four to five percent, okay, yeah. Sure. So it's the elderly, people who are immunocompromised, yeah. which I think we can talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the first world, that's often people with cancers, yeah, but yeah. in settings like ours, that's people with severe HIV, yeah. people with uncontrolled diabetes, etc. And then sure. the third group is people who have pre-existing what we call cardiopulmonary diseases. Mm -hmm. Cardio refers to the heart, yeah, pulmonary yeah. refers to the lungs. Sure. So people with, have had previous heart attacks, people with COPD, which is a disease of smoking long-term, mm. that kind of stuff. So that cohort is quite vulnerable and can get quite sick. Sure. Mm. Sheesh, bro. Uh, this is quite enlightening, um, at least for me as well, and, and hopefully for somebody out there, because... Because all that we've been getting is you get the thing, you die. Yeah, same time. Yeah, like it's just, you know what I mean? And everyone yeah. has been trying to figure out, like, is it catching babies? Is it catching old people? Mm. Who is it catching? Am I at risk or whatever the case is? Um, so I, I think for me, but I, I want you to elaborate on this because mm. I'm like, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, cool. At least all the hype has died down in my, in my mind. Mm. Um, but what are other ways that you can try and help people just sift through the noise mm. um so so is there a need to panic uh so is for for like gen the general population mm. um should we be panicking should we like because now people are obviously going into stores bro buying like everything because <laughs> another rumor was that this thing gives you diarrhea mm. so mm. everyone is buying tissue toilet and, paper stock out yeah you know what i mean yeah. some my wife was at the shops couple of days ago um and this one dude had like i think 20 to 50 toothpaste wow i'm like what are you gonna do with 50 <laughs> toothpaste tubes bro like are yeah. you, i don't know like do you have a dragon that you brush in <laughs> his teeth in your dungeon or something i don't know yeah um but yeah there's a lot of things bro mm, uh, so mm. should p is there is there a cause for this panic uh, or rather is the justification and uh, for the panic mm. um what so i'm hearing what you're saying and mm. you put in you putting those categories um how should i be thinking through all of this stuff should mm. i panic should i just be like all right cool i'm chilled or should i just go check even if i'm in an area that is not is not uh, affected mm. Um, should all of us go check or should all of us quarantine ourselves? What mm. What are some of your practical advices? On sure. That, yeah? Let me put two things out there. Number one is that there is no simple answer to this. Yeah. And the correct answer is going to be dynamic. So with any, any type of outbreak, um, I'm not a public health specialist. I think they'll say it better than I do. But they'll tell you that 
at different points, and this is different points in the natural history of the outbreak, sure. there's different considerations, different ways that are most appropriate to behave. Yeah, so yeah. it's difficult to have an answer now that will be relevant in two weeks' time. Sure. Um, so it is, it is tough. That's the one aspect. The second aspect that I want to put out there is that I don't, at any point, particularly as a Christian, encourage panic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mentioned before that the coronavirus has its name because it looks like a crown under a microscope. Mm. Um, and I've said before to people I've been speaking to, I think the the, the aspect of having a crown and having dominance and um, a very strong influence over our society sure. is, a, is a feature of this virus and what comes with it. Mm. And I suspect that as a society, we've looked to the virus um, as what rules us. Yeah. as opposed to the real owner of the crown, sure. that being Jesus. Amen, um, and I think as Christians, that's something we really, really need to wrestle with um, before we go out and stock yeah. our toilet paper. Sure. Um, okay, so that being said, look, like I said, it's a difficult one. I would say we need to be aware of our context. Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned, there's, there's the Western world or the first world, and there's where we live. Yeah. And our burden of disease, particularly in South Africa, is already quite high. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a number of categories that form this burden of disease. So diseases of lifestyle, things like high blood pressure, diabetes. We've got infectious disease that already exists, mm. things like pneumonia, diarrhea. Sure. We've got HIV and AIDS, which causes people to be immunocompromised. Yeah, sure. And associated that with that, we have TB. Um, and the fourth aspect, we have trauma. People mm. are in car accidents every day, getting stabbed, etc. So we've already got a very big burden um, sure. as a society. And I think it's not... You see, we're stuck in, in the middle of two situations. On the one hand, we can't ignore this new thing that falls into our burden, yep. into infectious disease, simply because we're already so burdened. Why should we take in a new thing? Because mm. it's going to have an effect, so we have to think yeah, about it. Sure. Um, but at the same time, if we completely ignore what we have and focus on that, people with already existing disease, people who need healthcare, people who need attention, are going to get neglected. Mm. Funds are going to be directed that way, etc. So it's, a, it's sure. a difficult one to think about, and I think we need to just take a step back and think about where we are and start looking at the science, or first looking at Jesus, yeah, yeah. looking at the science, and then instinctively and wisely applying that to how we go about our everyday. I'll make an example. In terms of things like quarantining and going to get checked out, Things I think must be evidence-driven. Mm. So if I'm if I'm sitting at home um, and I'm a local of South Africa and I haven't really engaged with society and I have no symptoms, mm. I personally, this is my personal opinion, not as a doctor, I personally see no benefit to go and get tested. Sure. Another reason why is that if I do have it, which I likely don't, but if I do, I'm going to put other people at risk unnecessarily mm. because I'm not I'm not sick enough to be in a hospital type of thing. So those sure. are things I think we should think about. I would say if you have symptoms, like I mentioned, fever, cough, etc., which are new. Mm. Key word is new. Remember, people have allergies. Allergies make people um, cough and sneeze sure. all the time. Sure. Um, yeah, we yeah. have smokers in society. Smokers yeah. are coughing all the time. Yeah, yeah. So if you're already coughing and you've been coughing for a long time, Chances are there's nothing new that's changed. Yeah, yeah. But if something has changed, you're coughing more frequently, now you have a fever, that mm. type of thing, then I'd say get tested. Yeah, yeah. If you live in a society or if you live in a setting where someone you know has traveled to an endemic country yeah, yeah. and they come back and they weren't able to self-isolate, which is quite... Um, What's the word I'm trying to find? In the South African setting, that, that's a likely finding. Yeah. We don't have big houses. People live in you know settings where there's yeah. more than five people in a home. Yeah. So if you've got that situation, then your risk is a little bit higher sure. in that setting, I'd say perhaps get tested. Mm. But I don't think the 
the the mass flocking to the health system is for everyone it's not going to be helpful yeah, actually yeah, yeah. and i think we need to sit back and like i say trust the lord and trust the patterns of thinking and the intellect that the lord's given us mm. to engage with it and and ask serious questions sure. and let that influence our behavior sure that's helpful bro um for for people who live in in um less fortunate communities mm. um so for for somebody who's watching this who doesn't live in South Africa um obviously we have townships townships mm. are densely popul- populated mm. um uh, yeah only black people live there mm. um and people who otherwise economically are disadvantaged mm. don't have medical aid most of the time mm. uh don't have access to like sufficient healthcare um and and so the fear is if this thing gets there mm. and people obviously live in such close proximity there mm. um and we were chatting earlier on there's no yeah so even telling somebody there that they need to self quarantine is like bro you live in a shack mm. with 10 other people mm. are you going to quarantine yourself there mm. um and then your shack is attached to 10 other shacks or mm. whatever the case is mm. um so so i think i'm asking the question for two people so the person who has somebody who works for them so the middle upper class person who lives in the suburb who has somebody who lives in town in a township mm. who works for them mm. how should they be treating this in relation to their um helper um or, or the person that works for them mm. and then for that helper um you know what i mean like as i'm asking this question i'm thinking should people be like hey listen I'm not coming to work cuz <laughs> you guys went to Italy last week. Yeah. But I still want my pay. You mm. need to give me my pay though cuz if I don't get paid obviously mm. stuff mm. is going to be rough. Exactly. It's probably also a hard one um but how how would you help us mm. navigate that? Yeah. Sure. Difficult. And I think that's where our heart as Christians really needs to shine and be different. Yeah. This is the opportunity. The Lord always calls us to be in the world but not of it. These mm. opportunities mm. to display sure. that. Um so like we're talking earlier at the moment the expression of this disease has been that of a middle to upper class type of disease in terms of setting where it yeah. finds itself yeah. people who have traveled or have been in contact with people who have traveled so while while it still has that character I would encourage Christians who find themselves in those situations to protect people that are around them mm. because they have the means um I think this is a time where we need to see our health our personal health as or measure it as the health of the collective sure. not necessarily individually so if me and the people around me and the community that i can reach are all healthy that means i'm healthy yeah, yeah, not yeah. just not just personally so it's a difficult one because you know we live in we're not we don't all live in the same settings people have children yeah. um there's there's a number of factors but i would encourage christian brothers and sisters who are privileged to encourage the people who help them at home to stay at home. Mm. Um and I'd go even as far as to say still pay them um, yeah. to show your commitment to them. Sure. And I say this because like you mentioned the quarantining ability of a middle to upper class person and someone staying in a densely populated area are completely different. Sure. And that strongly from a public health perspective that strongly affects the spread of the disease and how sick people will get. Mm. So if I'm a middle class person sure. I have a home of four and that home has three rooms. I can remain in a room with an ensuite bathroom for a week and be completely fine. Yeah. Family around me will be unexposed and will move on after a week. Mm. But if the same person or a person with the same exposure goes into like you mentioned, a shack that yeah. has maybe 10 people, one shared bathroom, one kitchen and people are sharing rooms. Yeah. 
the whole shack's going to be exposed, yep. without a doubt. And I can guarantee that someone in that shack will fall into these burden of disease categories yeah, that I mentioned. Yeah, sure. And we don't know how the virus interacts with people with that sure. burden of disease who don't have the ability to self-isolate. Yeah. So it's a, it's a completely different beast that will be dealt with. Um, and I think that's something that, that we should think about. Relating to your second question, that's, that's, that's very difficult mm. um, from a number of perspectives. From science, like I mentioned, we haven't seen the virus in South African society enough to know how it behaves with our burden, our existing sure. burden. That's scary. Yeah. Because we just don't know. We actually just don't know. From uh, a social and economic perspective, again, it's tough because perhaps you don't have an employer that's, that's thinking the way we're trying to encourage. And mm. they say, well, you don't come to work, you don't get paid. paid. That's a serious consideration. Um, and that's a tough one. Yeah. There's families who may be dependent on that person whose only source of income is in a coronavirus-exposed area. Yeah. What does such a person do? Um, areas like taxis where... You know, there's the exposure is quite high, and there's there's limited ways to protect yourself. Mm. Those are difficult situations. Um, towards the end, I'll give some practical tips, but sure. I think again, like I mentioned, we should shift the crown that we're looking towards. We need to acknowledge that our ability to intervene as humans is finite, yeah. and that's at all levels. Yeah. Even in the Western <laughs> world, with the most simplest disease and the most gifted hands, yeah. our ability to intervene is limited, and we need to acknowledge that and still do it. Yeah, yeah, but still trust that there's a realm and there's an area that's God's turf, and we need to be yeah. okay with that. Yeah, sure, bro. Yo, that's power, man. Because that's one thing I've been thinking about myself. Like, I think when I got news that um, the virus has hit South Africa, mm. I was like, she actually don't know what to pray for. Mm. Yeah, mm. it was just, I was <laughs> yeah. like sitting with my wife, and I'm like, I do not know. Mm. Like, do you pray, Lord, make this thing stop? Um, but I'm like, I mean, why is it here? Mm. Like, why didn't it stop in China? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm like, what is God doing? I don't know. Mm. Um, should I be praying that? I don't know. Like, I just did not know. You know mm. what I mean? But mm. I think I'm with you. I'm it's with powerful you. what you're saying. Like, either mm. way, let's focus our eyes on the one who is the realest crown mm. um, and pray to him that his will be done mm. uh, in all of this. And and I think, yeah, we can pray for wisdom that guys like you get get all the the wisdom and and all the years of studying will will kick in and um a vaccine will be found or mm. somehow you you you'll um yeah help just try and and stop the i think the the rapid pace of this thing because mm. uh, i think that's a scary that's a scary thing it's, it's moving eh? yeah <laughs> it's flying. yeah yeah because i mean you yeah. said earlier on so, mm. sars was more deadly than this mm. thing mm. um and but sars had breaks yeah so it's kind of yeah. took it slow yeah and this thing is just moving quite quick yeah uh, but again yeah. I, th I think earlier on we had a conversation because uh, yeah we're more connected than we mm. have been before mm. uh, in terms of people having access to fly to other countries travel to other countries mm. and just yeah just the, the the amount of access points that are there globally mm. have just increased um so that that might be another reason but yeah, we, we have to pray, bro. We have to uh, pray. We've we got to pray. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, And as we pray, we also need to be wise as well. Mm. Um, so what would be some practical things for us to be doing? Um, I'm particularly thinking as well, yes, for people in SA, but uh, for other, if you can help us there, with mm. other African countries where this hasn't hit. Because mm. mm. um, I think another advantage we've had is that we saw it hit 
other countries overseas mm. and so by the time it came i think we were just a little bit more ready mm, exactly uh, but yeah. i know there's a lot of african countries where this thing hasn't uh, touched ground mm. um so how, how can you help them to to be ready now so mm. i think practically what can we do in sa because mm. we already have it uh, but then for people who don't have it what can they be doing prior to this thing mm. arriving yeah sure so okay so hand washing is very important and doesn't shouldn't begin now and shouldn't end when COVID 19 leaves us yeah um hand hygiene is probably one of the strongest powerful ways um that we can prevent communicable disease um particularly diseases that are respiratory because we cough and sneeze into our hands mm. um and diseases that are gastro gastrointestinal as yeah. in things like diarrhea and stuff because yeah. we use our hands um for sanitation so I would say we need to be washing our hands as frequently as we can. And that I don't want to give a number because again we live in different kind of resource settings. Mm. Some people don't have running water or don't have water available mm. on demand. So as frequently as you can wash your hands. If you do have the means to do it for at least 20 seconds at a time mm. is what's recommended by the WHO. But again, as as frequently and for as long as you can. Mm. Having hand sanitizers on you can be helpful. Um they must have a certain percentage of alcohol though to be effective for a virus. Okay. The magic number 70 by the way. Um, Does it kill it? It it inactivated, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so cool. it just the virus just can't operate at that exposure. Okay. So yeah. those are things that I think we can do personally. Yeah, yeah. I think communally people that we living around um cough and sneeze etiquette so like we're alluding to now mm. um we need to sneeze and cough into a flexed elbow if you don't have a tissue on you yeah. if you do have a tissue sneeze or cough into it discard it immediately yeah. wash your hands um if you're living around a space where someone is either and I I want to mention these two categories very strongly because if if people you're around don't fall into these I think the attention you'll put in to quarantining I don't think is warranted. I think okay. it's just making life more difficult. Okay. So if any if people around you if you let's say have traveled to an endemic area or have been in an area where people are exposed. So now in South Africa we are getting um local transmission. Mm. So if you've been maybe in a mall and someone sneezed on you that's taken as an exposure. Mm-hmm. Or you have symptoms. I'd say then if you have the ability to we live in South Africa. If you have the ability to I won't say self quarantine because not everyone has the means to do that effectively, yeah. but separate yourself from sure. the people around you as best as you can. Um try to eat from different dishes, wash your dishes when you're done. Sure. Try and if you're in the same room, be at a different part of the room. If you've got enough rooms in the house and stay in a particular room, stuff like that. Sure. But just make sure you separate yourself. And again the magic number is 10 days. So they say from the time of inoculation which is when the virus gets into you mm-hmm. until your body's had the ability to deal with it is about two weeks. Okay. And if at the end of that you haven't developed serious disease chances are you'll be fine. So um so those are I think some some practical stuff. For countries that haven't received um the virus it's quite difficult because outbreaks have effects on different sectors at different points. Sure. So initially it's it's a biological effect as in someone gets infected and it's picked up. Mm-hmm. At that point then the government gets worried and gets involved and there'll be a political directive. Mm. And that's that's the period that we've just come from and are shifting out of. Sure. Um and that's that's the way it expresses is through things like um banning entry into the country, mm. banning um imports, that kind of stuff. Closing schools. Closing schools, yeah, etc. Yeah. But unfortunately that stuff we need to look to our leaders to implement before sure you know there's impact from then on there's social um implications and economic ones so it's difficult to to say what people can practically do because mm. that'll depend on what their governments do 
and what the public health um, instructions would be. Mm-hmm. What I would say though, and I've, I, come, I say this all the time, it sounds cliche, but knowledge is really power. Yeah. So one of the advantages I think we had as a country, um, and it's because of the access that we have to social media, to non-social media, mm. um, to news, is that we could find out in bits and pieces, what actually is this thing? How does it behave? Because we knew the inevitable was coming. Sure. Um, and by the time that we received it, we kind of had an idea of how to go about ourselves. And I think because, so I don't think the Lord gives us all the information, but I think he gives us some. Yeah. And with what he gives us, he wants us to do things. Um, so with the information that we have as African countries that maybe haven't engaged it that much, the virus, I mean, mm. we can use that and prepare ourselves, talk about it, release the stigma, get all the jokes out, and really start thinking practically, you know, what would one do? Mm. Um, so that if it does happen, then we can naturally move into dealing with it as is humanly possible. Sure. Mm. That's dope, man. Yeah, this was really helpful. Um, kind of gave me things to think about as well. Um, and to help those around me. And I hope this was helpful for you. If you have any more questions questions for us, rather, please, yeah, like put it in our comment section or email us. Um, and obviously, if we like can't answer that medically, we'll send it to the sky. <laughs> the sky will give you all um, the answers. <laughs> can give some. Uh, like. Yeah. Uh, but man, thank you so much. This was very helpful. Um, and I hope that you have something to chew on and that please share it. Share it with those around you. Share this episode with, with people, uh, a lot of them, so that they can at least get uh, with the program and get the knowledge as well. Because mm. uh, mm. I think it is vital. The more knowledge we have, the better we can equip ourselves individually. Um, as as this thing happens we don't know how long it's gonna last we don't know how long it's gonna be here so i think the more we chat about it then the more we engage uh the better uh, we'd be equipped to to deal with it mm. um so with that said man thank you so much again bro thank you uh, for having me i'm like staring at you but with like a handshake in my eyes <laughs> i'm returning and that handshake with my eyes that's dope bro <laughs> um thank you so much for watching this grace and peace and pray to the lord who is the real crown man that was poetic amen bro. amen <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.